What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a ton of news ahead of week two as we go around the conference, getting you set for two big SEC games this weekend. We got Kentucky at Florida, South Carolina at Arkansas, some big non-conference matchups as well, Alabama at Texas. We'll preview a bunch of them with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use our promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. By the way, our YouTube channel channel continues to grow. Trying to get to 2,000 subscribers. If you have not done so yet, just take a quick second, open your YouTube app, uh, search Locked on SEC, just hit subscribe for us. You're going to help us get to our mark where we want to get. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. We got a big one on Saturday morning, at least in terms of names go, as Alabama heads out to Texas to play the Longhorns. It's a big matchup as Steve Sarkeesian, the former Alabama OC, plays host to his former mentor, Nick Saban. And uh, on the SEC media teleconference this week, this week Nick Saban talked about uh, the big play potential for the Longhorns. He said, look, the first thing they have is great balance. They do a really good job of running the ball with Bijan Robinson. A lot of big plays they make come off that run game with play-action passes. They got good players to do it. It's a combination of those things. The fact that they have great balance, you can't play one-dimensional against them. Of course, Alabama last week did a pretty good job of running the football with new running back Jameer Gibbs. Of course, we saw Bryce Young take off and run it a bunch. And, of course, uh, the pass game was there as well. But Alabama got plenty of veteran leadership on this team when you include you know, Will Anderson and, of course, Bryce Young. And uh, Nick Saban talked about it. He said, Will does a great job. He sets a great example for everybody on the defense. The players respect him. He embraces that leadership role. And we have other guys who do that very well, too. He said, those guys have all been really great leaders for us this year. We'll see if they can lead Alabama to a big road win over the Texas Longhorns. Look, I know the spread is still like 20. It still would be a nice win for Alabama to go in there into a hostile environment and win that game. We'll talk more about that with Lynn Scarborough in just a little bit. Over Kentucky, Mark Stoops, he is getting ready for a, a big road trip out to Florida this Saturday, and the Wildcats were already set to be without running back Chris Rodriguez, but as we mentioned earlier this week, reports came out that Backup Ramon Jefferson tore his ACL, could miss the remainder of the season. That leaves Cavassier Smoke to get the majority of Kentucky's carries this week in the backfield. Redshirt freshman Lavelle Wright has been listed as the backup, while Mike Drennan, Tennessee transfer D. Beckwith, and true freshman Sam O'Horo are all on the roster. Uh, offensive coordinator Rick Scang- Rich Scangarello said, I have yet to be anywhere where I've gotten through a season without having running back injuries. It's just the nature of that position, the physicality, what we ask guys to do. you got to be ready for it. It's next man up. And the cool thing is we have built a deep room for this reason. I'm excited for these guys. They're playing good. So, once again, no Chris Rodriguez. Can they get it done with Cavassier Smoke and some of those other guys? We will see. 
But uh, the Wildcats did get a big win over Miami of Ohio last week. Now they're heading out to the swamp to try to stop quarterback Anthony Richardson, who got a big win over Utah. Mark Stoops asked about playing a guy like Anthony Richardson. He said, look, it's tough to single any one thing out with him. He has a talented arm. Everybody's going to say what an athlete he is, but he can rip it, and he throws the ball very well. As for his own quarterback, Will Levis, looking to improve off of last week. Mark Stoops said with Will, like any great quarterback, teams we're playing are going to change things up on him. We expect that this week. Will's playing at a really, really high level. Made some good throws last week while he was under pressure. Meanwhile, for Billy Napier, he's dealing with rising expectations in the swamp after their big monster win over number 7 Utah. Napier said, I think obviously people want to watch us play and develop an opinion about your team, which is positive, but in reality, it means nothing. It means as much going into week two as it did in week one. We watched the film, can see we have room for improvement. I'm hopeful we can learn from our experience and continue to get better. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. I know that's coach speak, but that's where it is. Napier said the Gators uh, have to turn the page very quickly. said, I don't know that we've got time to decompress. You try to enjoy some time with your family. Try to erase the board and move on. You don't have time to decompress. You learn what you can. That's the important part. Another big game coming up this weekend. It will be the Arkansas Razorbacks playing host to the South Carolina Gamecocks coming to Fayetteville on Saturday. Both teams looking for a win, looking for a 2-0 start to the year. Arkansas could be getting an important piece of its backfield back on Saturday. Junior running back Dominique Johnson, uh, Razorbacks were without him in the season opener. Sam Pittman said that could change this week. He said, I thought he's looked good at practice. I still think it's up in the air whether we'll play him or not this week, but I think he certainly has improved. Uh, and so we will see if Dominique Johnson gets in there at running back for the Razorbacks. Now, as for their quarterback, KJ Jefferson, Sam Pittman said, I thought he played very well against Cincinnati. Uh, I thought we played well in the run game. I don't think we were at a standard up front or at our standard as a team. Cincinnati had a lot to do with that, but we got to get better. KJ made some good decisions in the run game, and he'll get better as the year goes along. As for defending Spencer Radler, uh, Sam Pittman said, I think he's still a really good player. He's dangerous with all the throws. Throws a really, really great long ball. We have to keep him inside the pocket. When he gets outside the pocket, he's the most accurate quarterback I've seen in a long, long time. He's an excellent player who has a strong arm and can run. Now, as for Shane Beamer, he was uh, talking about his opponent, the Arkansas Razorbacks this week. And Beamer talked about K.J. Jefferson. said he is certainly dynamic. He's got size. He made some throws on Saturday. Uh, because of his size, people have a hard time getting him down. He's able to get himself out of trouble and throw downfield. He's not always looking to run. So, very complimentary so far. Arkansas, Shane Beamer in South Carolina and Sam Pittman in Arkansas. But, They'll kick off early. It'll be a noon Eastern kick on Saturday on ESPN. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart talking about his team. And while it didn't look like they had a lot to improve on, Kirby said they can get better. He said, why would I not want this team to improve in everything? You go with the assumption that you always need to improve. If we're good at something, we want to be better. If we're not, we need to improve. Making less mistakes is our goal. Um, The uh, the, uh, Bulldogs will probably look even better this week playing Samford. It is uh, not expected to be close, but uh, we'll see what the Georgia Bulldogs can do. Keep up that offensive momentum against Samford this weekend. Meanwhile, over on uh, Rocky Top, Tennessee Vols have a big one heading out to uh, Pitt. Tennessee, of course, lost a heartbreaker last year at home to Pittsburgh, and they are looking to avenge that loss. The uh, game is one of the bigger 
uh, college football matchups. Pittsburgh ranked number 17. The Vols are ranked number 24. Josh Heupel kind of downplayed it, talking to the media. He said, look, as far as rankings, those things don't matter at this point in the year. The challenge for us is to prepare the right, right way uh, and be the best. We want to be a great competitor for 60 minutes. Excitement is we understand they're a really good team. They're physical. They're tough. They're a smart football team. And this is our next game in that journey. To win Saturday, Tennessee going to need a good showing from Hendon Hooker, who's been very good so far. Heupel liked what he saw in him, saying very decisive, was making the right decisions, took care of the football in a really good way. I think he's got a really good grasp and understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it. That'll be a 3.30 Eastern kick on ABC. Can't wait for that one. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, it is Brian Harson who is trying to get his team ready, uh, coming off of the 42-16 win against Mercer. Now they will take on San Jose State. And still eh, a little mix-up there at the quarterback spot. T.J. Finley, backup Robbie Ashford playing a lot. And, of course, you know, there's that sentiment. If you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Uh, Brian Far- Harson though, thinks it's a positive thing. He said, I think it's fantastic. I've loved when I've done it in the past. I think it makes our team better. So Brian Harson loving playing both Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley. As for uh, losing his center, Nick Brahms, before the season, Brian Harson talked about that and said, um, Nick is a great person. He cares about his teammates. These are his friends, and he's still going to help this football team. Uh, Brahms was uh, retired from football, but is hanging around the program to help out in any way he can. Uh, we'll see what Auburn does against San Jose State this weekend. Over at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin continuing to figure out his quarterback spot. On his uh, press conference this week, he said that Luke Altmyer, of course, will be the first quarterback out there on Saturday against Central Arkansas. Kiffin talked about the situation saying, look, this is going to make the guys competitive. They need to keep working, obviously. I'm not going to say it's the best thing, but it is what it is. We've got to find the best guy. Uh, Jackson Dart last week went 18 for 27 for 154 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Wasn't all that great, but now we'll get to see what Luke Altmyer can do uh, earlier in the week, Kiffin did say it's not ideal, but uh, Luke Altmyer will go out there and see what he can do. Over at AM at Texas AM, they will take on Appalachian State at home on Saturday. And uh, Jimbo Fisher said that the uh, Mountaineers, dangerous opponent. App State nearly came back to beat North Carolina this past Saturday. Uh, Mountaineers failed on a two point conversion attempt in the fourth quarter that would have given them the lead or. Uh, you know, could have even set the game to overtime as two different two-point conversions that they failed to get. Uh, instead, they lost 63-61. to Appalachian State scored six touchdowns and 40 points in the fourth quarter. Jimbo Fesher uh, asked if that got his attention. Uh, he said, that hasn't been done, has it? Wasn't that a record? Very explosive. As much as we get caught up in what they did, how they did it, and why they did it, maturity, fifth- and sixth-year guys, that's where their culture has really helped them. Fisher also added, I look at them as a true Power 5 team and a team that can compete in any conference in America. Number 6, Texas A&M and App State will kick off 3.30 Eastern Saturday on ESPN2. Now, Texas A&M, they've been very active in the name, image, and likeness uh, category. Uh, Athletes at A&M reportedly pulled in $4 million. Uh, The football team received more than $3 million. According to the Eagle newspaper in uh, College Station, through the Texas Open Records Act, football players earned $3.3 million over that stretch of the past year. And some people think uh, they're making even more than that now. So that'll be just an interesting thing to track as far as NAL deals go. Uh, by comparison, Texas's athletes earned more than $2 million through the majority of this past academic year. 
Uh, A&M did get some good recruiting news. I like this transition. They picked up offensive lineman T.J. Shanahan Jr. for the 2023 recruiting class. He's six foot four, 310 pounds, number 62 player from the state of Texas, number 150 nationally. Uh, he's A&M's 11th commit so far. Joins six other four stars and one five star in the class. Not connecting the dots there. Not saying NIL had anything to do with that. Uh, over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach and company coming off of their big win over Memphis. They're preparing for a game at Arizona, and then they have to play LSU in week three. Uh, Mike Leach talking on the teleconference, downplaying the idea that his team's experience equates to an advantage of going on the road the next two weeks. He said, look, I don't know how veteran we are exactly. We've got some guys who've played in the past, but we're still kind of young in a lot of spots. Leach also asked about facing Arizona sophomore quarterback Jaden Delara, a player uh, that Leach is very familiar with. He said, I recruited him and signed him at Washington State, so I think a lot of him. He's a good player. I think he has quick feet. The ball comes off his hand real quick, and he's real competitive. That'll be an interesting one watching Mississippi State play at Arizona this week. Over at Mizzou, Eli Drinkwitz and Missouri, they got off uh, to a 1-0 start with a win over Louisiana Tech last week. Uh they allowed just uh, eight yards on 22 rushing attempts against Louisiana Tech. That made them number one in the country in rushing defense. Uh, Eli Drinkwood said this week, that won't matter. He said, look, it's a totally different challenge and mentality going to play at Kansas State. They pride themselves on being a tough physical team. They have one of the best running backs in the country in Deuce Vaughn. So what happened last week does not have anything to do with this week. Vaughn last week against South Dakota ran for 126 yards on 18 carries. It'll be a fun one. Uh, another fun non-conference road game with Mizzou going to Kansas State. Over at LSU, Brian Kelly and his team trying to rebound from their loss at, uh, to Florida State on Sunday night. They had two muffed punts by wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Brian Kelly asked this week where they stand when it comes to punt returns. He said, I think we all know what we want to see, and that's obviously fielding the ball cleanly. We've added some additional drills where we have some distractions in front of the returner forcing him to get his eyes properly trained. Malik's going to stay back there for some work. We're not going to fire him from his duty. Sage Ryan has been back there as well. We have a couple other younger players we're going to get some work in. Uh, LSU gets a home game against Southern this Saturday, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on SEC Network. And that game has been announced as a sellout for LSU. Their capacity, 102,321, the fifth largest in college football. First home game under Brian Kelly. Let's see if he can get a victory for the Tigers and get them in the win column. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports. Don't go anywhere. Want to remind you guys when you're cringing at the pump to get an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why we started using the Upside app. Upside is an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, just download the free Upside app, search for it in the App Store, use our promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. You're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you can claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Uh, Check in at the business, pay as usual with the credit or debit card, and you will get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Our Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download it right now. Free Upside app. 
Use our promo code LOCKED. Again, that'll get you $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. It's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using our promo code LOCKED on the Upside app. Go do it right now. Along here, locked on SEC. One of our favorite guys to get on every week is our buddy Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports, and always good to catch up with him. And uh, Lynn, good to talk with you, man. It was a really good uh, week one in the SEC and in uh, college football. Uh, let's jump right into it. It was a good week, I thought. The uh, you know you had some really exciting. Of course, you had some blowout games, but you had some really exciting games that came down to the end. Uh, that's really starting with uh, with Penn State and, and Purdue on Thursday night. Uh, that was a classic drive uh, by Sean Clifford to, uh, to to bring uh, Penn State back for the win in that ball game. And then you had uh, you had, had the two Florida teams, Florida and Florida State, uh, with uh, with Florida uh, winning at the very end and Florida State winning at the very end. And I, I really thought both of both of those games. Um, you know, had some had some re- had some really poor coaching uh, in them. I, I think uh, you know the next time I coach a game will be my first one. But I, I hope in my first one I wouldn't make some of the coaching mistakes that I saw uh, made in the last uh, last minutes of those two ball games. Well, Lynn, uh, we know if they're going to have a chance to win this when the Texas Longhorns, they're going to have to have uh, no coaching mistakes. But uh, Alabama, <laughs> going out to Austin, it's going to be an early one. College game day is going to be there, an 11 a.m. Central kickoff. Alabama, Texas, I look at it, Lynn, and I say, you got Steve Sarkeesian, who's a brilliant offensive mind. You got Quinn Ewers, who looked great at quarterback. You got B. John Robinson, one of the best running backs in the country. And Xavier Worthy's a great receiver. Yet here we are. Alabama's a three-touchdown favorite. Does Texas have any chance to hang around in this one? Yeah, I, I, the the line's too big. I mean that. Um, I tell you, I'm just not. I'm not saying this just because there's Texas people in our audience. But Texas is one of my favorite places to cover a ball game. If you if you can't like the tradition at at uh, Daryl K. Royal Stadium, um, then y'all not to go to a football game. I mean they've got you know they got that uh, that flag that covers about half the field or, or two-thirds of the field. I actually watched them fold that flag up one time when I was out there. It's amazing. They got big birth of the that drum that I think, I think them and Purdue have the two biggest drums in football. You got, the, got that cannon that shoots off when Texas scores. Got the, the Bevo down in one end there. And then, and then when the Texas players come out and look up at the at the uh, crowd and do that uh, hook 'em horn sign and do eyes of Texas or upon you. I mean, you're like behind fourteen to nothing before the game even starts, and uh, and you're sitting there thinking, yeah, 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 this is great. And you're thinking, no wait, I'm the opponent, you know. Uh, so I, I think Texas just has great tradition both in their in their winning and at the stadium. It's a tough place to play. Um, with that being said, um, you know, and, and you're right, Robinson. They got a great running back. They got a very effective transfer quarterback. Uh, it's a solid team. Uh, the coaching staff solid, and they're a three they're a three touchdown underdog. Uh, it would Alabama would have to play a a uh, a poor game by their standards, and te- and Texas would have to play a a near that they certainly could not give Alabama anything deep, could give Alabama anything cheap. 
so I pick Alabama to win the game, but Texas has enough ammunition that if they'll play a if they'll play a good ball game and get some breaks, they could they could win the game. I, mean, I don't think they will. Uh, and if I I don't bet on games, but if I were, I, I wouldn't bet against Texas as a three touchdown underdog. I mean, I'd, I'd take them in the points. But I, I mean, I th- I see Alabama winning. Talking to our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy's Sports. And, Lynn, a uh, very impressive win by Billy Napier and the, the Florida Gators in week one. Uh, pulling off the upset over uh, top ten ranked Utah in the swamp. But the story of the game had to be quarterback Anthony Richardson, Richardson just showing how amazing he, he really is. Well, he was amazing. But, but, but he's not alone. I mean, the SEC has got a, a large number of really good quarterbacks, many that can run and pass. And, and certainly he's one of them. Uh, the, and I, I was obviously impressed with him, but again, he's one that we were, we were complimenting before the season started. Same as the quarterback at Arkansas and the quarterback at Kentucky and the quarterback at South Carolina and the you know, quarterback at Florida. I mean, you just got some, of course, not forgetting Alabama with Bryce Young. We've got so many really multi-talented quarterbacks in the conference. And I, and I, you got to give, got to give credit. Uh, for what he did there, but but when you get down to it, if if you're the coach and you're on the you're you're uh, on the two yard line of your opponent, and you can kick a field goal, you still got time to run another play. Are you gonna Are you gonna call a pass over the middle? Hey, and to the to the to the credit of the Florida defensive back, that was a great diving interception. But why in the world was that play even called? <laughs> Or if the quarterback improvised on it, for heaven's sakes, tell him to quit improvising or get him out of the game when the when it's on the line. If if Utah doesn't throw a pass to the middle of the field in a cramped situation, and Florida intercept it, then um, they either kick a field goal and go to overtime, or they score a touchdown and win the game. So the, uh, with all the good that Jefferson did, uh, they would have lost if if somebody hadn't gone brain dead. Richardson on uh, on Utah's side of the field. I mean, I mean Richardson. So you know, but but yeah, I mean, he did great. No question, he did great. But uh, but uh, you know, you got to got to give him great credit. And, and what it does, it sets up a game. I've been saying, I've said it on on with y'all. I think you know, I've been saying Kentucky was my dark horse in the East, and picking Kentucky to uh, to up uh, to knock off Florida, and then for the, it be them having the chance to beat Georgia at, uh, in Lexington. Kentucky won by a comfortable score on on Saturday, but they were sluggish for what I thought they would do, while Florida beats the number seven team in the country. Uh, forget how they did it. It's they did it. And so now, if if Florida, you know, I now will lean toward Florida winning that ball game, uh, where up before Saturday I would have leaned toward Kentucky winning that ball game. If Florida wins this game, then they're not only 2-0, and but they're 2-0 and against two ranked teams, against two teams that are going to have a good record. Yeah, that's suddenly... So this was a, that was a... That was a big win for Florida guys. And it suddenly becomes a little bit of a threat to Georgia in the East if Florida is uh, better than people expect. Another one that's going to be yep. interesting, Lynn, uh, Appalachian State is going to Texas A&M, and uh, the Aggies look good in week one against Sam Houston State. The The run game w- was a little bit struggling, but the defense looked really good. But you picked App State to uh, give North Carolina a game last week, and they certainly did. Uh, what does App State bring into Texas A&M? Can they give them a little bit of trouble? Yeah, I think they can. You know, I picked I I not only picked App State to give North Carolina a game on the picks that we do for Lindy's. I picked App State to win the game, and uh, and that you know I was I was kind of broken hearted for it. 
off the subject a little, but that quarterback for App State, do you see what they did in the fourth quarter? They oh, had yeah. three hundred. They had three hundred and thirty-six yards of total offense and scored forty points in one quarter and <laughs> lost. They 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 did guys. They did enough. They got enough yardage in the fourth quarter. If they'd done it every quarter, they would have had thirteen hundred yards in total offense, not combined, but for one team. And they and they lost. Um, but any but anyway, yeah, Appalachian State can go in and I mean. Technically, they, they could win the game, but I think probably their heart has been torn out of them now, and uh, and I, I can't see them going down and beating Texas A&M. But, uh, but yeah, if A&M's not careful, uh, Appalachian State's a good ball team, and not just this year. I mean, they've had a good program for years now. You know, and I mean, I mean it, was, it was a long time ago that they beat Michigan in the big house, but, uh, but it's still the same program. You know, and they've, they've beaten some Power 5 conference teams, and they're a good program. Quick one before we get out of here, Lynn. Uh, Auburn yeah. uh, looks like they got a little bit of quarterback controversy. They run this kid Robbie Ashford out there as the second string, and he takes off running on a sixty-yard run and looks really good running the football. They got a big date with Penn State next week. You think they're still going to play both quarterbacks? Sure. Yeah, and I've, I've already been asked that same question this morning on another radio show, and I really, I really don't see a controversy. Uh, the thing I was surprised about was that Calzada didn't play. And here's the thing, you know, they had an hour and a half rain delay. And I was, of course, I was at the press box at the game, and Calzada was over on the sideline throwing um, when the rain delay came. And I really believe probably in Auburn's next offensive series, they would have put Calzada in the game. They had a 40, like 35-3 to 3 lead or something. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't think that uh, – uh, I don't think Mercer had but three or four first downs. So uh, I think they're probably going to go ahead and put Calzada in – and then the the rain delay came and you know and changed things, uh, but uh, I, I think both of them did well. Uh, Finley Finley threw a couple of interceptions. That guys, he's got to start reading the field deep. He threw two deep passes that were intercepted when there wasn't an Auburn guy that was close to close to catching the ball. Um, but they're they're helped by having the run attack. Bigsby had about 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and uh, Jacques Hunter, his backup, scored three touchdowns. So their their running game's solid. But I was I was asked about a comparison with uh, C.J. Leak and uh, Tim Tebow, and if you remember, Florida won a national championship and didn't lose a game uh, when they had Leak being the the Finley type quarterback and Tebow being the Ashford type quarterback. Um, and, Chris, and, Chris and, Leak, his brother. Yeah, Chris Leak. Chris Leak. That's right. And, and so I don't see any reason if. Uh, you know, if it's working well, why not use two quarterbacks? So you have to prepare totally differently for them. We're real familiar with Robbie Ashford. He's from Hoover High School. Uh, that's been more or less the predominant program in the state of Alabama for the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, and that's before I moved down to the lake down here. Uh, I was in the area where my kids went to Hoover High School. And we've seen Robbie Ashford a lot. He was good enough to go to Oregon and would have been the backup quarterback at Oregon. And so kind of interesting that Auburn sends a quarterback to Oregon, Oregon sends a quarterback to Auburn. But anyway, uh, I was not at all surprised what Robbie Ashwood did because I I know what he did in high school. He led his team to the state championship. So, I mean, they've got two good quarterbacks. Uh, the question is going to be what they do. I mean, they'll beat San Jose State unless it's a, an old Dominion over Virginia Tech type type game. Uh, but then the big, the big game is going to be Penn State. And I think you'll know a whole lot about Auburn. Uh, if they beat Penn State, uh, they could be a contender if Penn State beats them badly. Uh, then Auburn's going to struggle to win half its ball games. But for for now, um, I, I know a lot of people around the country are viewing it as con- quarterback controversy. 
I, I take no none of the Auburn fans or, or people down around Auburn are, are viewing it as controversial. They're actually looking at it as a positive that they got two guys that can play. He is one of our favorite segments every week. Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports. Lynn, uh, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. All right, that's uh, Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports as he joins us every week to talk all things uh, SEC. And uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Just one more reminder, go uh, pull up the YouTube app, search uh, Locked on SEC, and hit subscribe and help us uh, get some more followers there. We're chasing 2,000, getting pretty close to it, so give us a follow there. Um, now that you made us your first listen, now you can make your second listen. Check out the ultimate pro football preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza getting you ready for the NFL season, which starts tonight. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Getting you set for the weekend. We'll give you our picks, our betting lines. We did pretty good last week with our picks. So uh, got some big ones happening this weekend. We'll make our picks tomorrow. Make sure you're listening and subscribed. This has been Locked on SEC. Talk to you guys tomorrow.